The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, The Power of Water, Earth's Human Mission. Global water is a crisis, and I don't, I've never worried about the word crisis because it just means there's an obstacle to solve. Have you ever stopped to think very deep when you get out of bed in the morning and you smell the fresh air and you look at the mountains and the trees and look at the weather and you look at your day that's beginning your particular individual miracle? Why is it that Earth was chosen in the solar system to have the water? Earth has the water. Isn't that amazing? The water. Now, water brings life. To all life there is. Without the water, there is no life. What is the crisis? The global freshwater crisis and its far-reaching and potentially disastrous effects on human health and developments of all life for ongoing for eternity has been underreported by the news media and ignored by research as much because it's not a chemistry It's not something that probably people find so fascinating, but I do. And all the guests that we bring on to our show do concern themselves with the water crisis on the face of the globe. We're living together with this. There is only one news media source that makes it a priority to report this crisis and educate the public. And other news organizations find that about what this is going to find out when the near future, what this is all about worldwide. There is a life-threatening and rapidly expanding issue that is newsworthy, and we must join together and report it together. So ask your friends to come and listen, your, your partnerships and your businesses and your employment. Let's join together and understand what it means that water is the food of all life. Without it, there is no life. If you don't feel good that day, drink more water. The body is made up of 80 to 90% water. The earth is in a crisis of water. There's a new, no end of new books out describing the crisis and the concerns. Yemen. You've been hearing about Yemen lately. Well, Yemen, the tribes there have been fighting for a long time over water and life and death. So, and, and what is happening over in Iraq, that you have heard the stories from me, that the wetlands are now coming back because Saddam Hussein bulldozed him down, so he intentionally caused death with animals and the tribes that he got mad at. He bulldozed down all their water, and they did. They died. And around the world, there are concerns about what are we going to do 
to join together and think about water number one. I'm going to say to the world and challenge everyone, not the global warming. Let's go in and put our energy and our money into the water concerns and, and let's make it possible for the world to understand we're there, we're going to help you with water. Hippocrates taught us way back in time, it was the greatest advice I could possibly read, how to live on this earth. Let your food be your medicine and let medicine be your food, which is, in other words, food is your medicine and water is food. I'm saying challenging the word, world, excuse me, water is food. You can exist with water, but you cannot, you must have water, but you can get by without the food. So we're going to learn a lot with each show about the soil of the land, our health, our issues, and join together on what we all can do to help each other all over the world and make this the real world talk radio uh, series of let's join together. We're going to have shows coming in to us from talking to an individual from Kenya. We're going to have one from other some from other countries, Indonesia. So we will have shows to be fascinated with for your knowledge and for you to learn not only about the water and the crusade there, but about personal new hints about your health and how you can learn to have better nutrition and, and, and learn new hints about the secrets that this earth offers on health issues. Today, I am really excited again. I'm always excited about our guests because to me, the guests make the show. Paul Bentheim is from Scottsdale, Arizona. He's an MD. He's CEO and Chief Medical Officer of Brain Savers and a Chairman of the Advisory Board of Intellect Neuro- Neurosciences, He's uh, going to be talking to us about natural tips and exercises to maintain your health of your brain. And I have some added parts to the brain and the eyes to add to help that also with a Dr. Benheim. Our second guest, William Schlinger, is a Ph.D. professor at Department of Crop and Soil Sciences in Washington State at the University of Washington. Multidisciplinary. We want to learn more about dry soil and, and, and uh, how to grow your crops, your, your plants, with thinking about the habit, how to do it with dry land farming. It's going to become a big one on this, on this show. I want everybody to understand what we've been learning about how to grow your food and your uh, resources and think about how, what the air is going to offer to the moisture level and the water that is important to grow the species of that nutri- your food. I call it nutrition. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed, is tissue culture grade of water. Sells in drugstores nationwide in the eye drop department, but it is 100% natural, just a mist to replenish the lost moisture in the eyes that causes the depletion. When the eyes are depleted in natural moisture, you will have a depletion of eyesight in time. Every five seconds, somebody's going blind on our planet. In 2030, there's a projected estimation that 35 million people could have macular degeneration. So begin to maintain your eyes like you're brushing your teeth and protecting your skin and having supplementing your nutrition 
be sure to supplement your eyes with Nature's Tears Eye Mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Dr. Bedheim. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Benheim, are you with us? Yes, and Sharon, thank you very much for well, inviting me to be on the show Thank you very much. Today. Um, I'm really excited. Um, I, I have, through the years, uh, we're still going to be on the air for three years, and uh, became syndicated over a year ago, and I, the guests have made this show all happen, and potentially I want to go all over the world um, and go into different countries, too, and learn as much as we can. I wanted to ask you, uh, Doctor, how did you get involved in what's called brain savers? Well... Sharon, it's based on my research for more than 25 years in <laughs> Alzheimer's disease and other uh, dementias. I realized I had my eureka moment about six, seven years ago when I realized that what I had been taught in medical school and as a neurological resident, uh, as far as the dogma of the aging brain, was completely wrong. We now know that no matter what your age, you can grow new cells in your brain, you can connect those cells, and you can build brain reserve. And w- with that now realization... We're going to back up for a second, because I agree with you. My studies have proven, not proven, my studies have uh, evaluated that um, I believe that is a f- potential fact. I truly believe it. Uh, as you know, my field has been studying water forever, I'm a 1,000 years old, by the way. <laughs> Anybody who's studied water as long as I have. But you're right. Now, you know, as you know, and we need to tell our listeners, in the mother's womb, in the water bag, when the brain begins to form, it forms at the very same time with the eyes. That's so the correct. eyes fact, and the, the brain... Eyes are really... Yes. I'm a believer there's got to be more study about that. Well, certainly uh, you're right. go forward and tell me what you think you've been... And this is like a think tank. Um, you can think out loud knowing that there's a lot to learn and a lot to study, and can I ever learn enough? Because there are no two eyes and 
like and probably no two brains alike. But tell me more about what you were learning that you thought that they had left behind, let's say. Well, it's not only what I've learned. It's Brain Savers, the company I formed uh, in 2004 to promote healthy brain aging in America, is based on these revolutionary re- new research discoveries over the past 20 years that have demonstrated that an aging brain can be made stronger through three major components. And you've already uh, touched on one in your introduction, and that's brain-healthy nutrition. And the other two are uh, modest physical exercise and exercising your brain as a muscle. And we now know, based on literally thousands of published research studies, that people that combine those three components of a brain-healthy lifestyle build brain reserve, they keep their brain plastic, which means they can change its actual shape, and we can see that under the microscope in uh, in fancy imaging studies such as MRI and PET scans. Um, And with that comes a markedly reduced risk not only of so-called normal age-related memory problems, but uh, more importantly, a substantial decreased risk of Alzheimer's disease, which uh, this country is in the midst of an epidemic as our population ages. And in fact, we've had a woman on here who is an author and heading the Alzheimer's organization from back east, and and we were talking, her husband had it and her father had it. And uh, it was, we were amazed when we were talking about, in other words, like I said, doctor, this is like a think tank. Uh, We'll enjoy the fact that there's so much to study ongoing. Now, we know they left behind a lot of research with the brain and the eyes and the lungs. Well, and Sharon, in your introduction, you quoted Hippocrates, who said, let food be thy medicine. And that was more than 2,000 years ago. Modern nutritional and neuroscientists have demonstrated that if one consumes a brain-healthy diet, including uh, adequate amounts of water. Don't forget your brain, whether it's the child's brain or the adult brain, is 70% water. Mm-hmm. Um, one needs, uh, one needs uh, copious amounts of water, and one needs to eat a v- variety of fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, fish, uh, healthy oils. And when people do that, um, they think and remember better, and they reduce their risk of Alzheimer's disease. Have you been studying, uh, and another one that's out of control to me is the mental uh, problems of stress and, and mental diseases of, of uh, bipolar or whatever, uh, manic depressions and more. That is really happening more than ever in history. And I've wondered in my research as I studied the stress and on the body and the cells and the brain and the lungs and now the eyes, is that people have not taken serious, number one, to me, to drink enough water. Uh, I, I think it just seems like it's maybe too simple to everyone. They forget or they, we got in such a time of life, doctor, that we want to taste everything. So I've taught people how to taste the water without adding ingredients, just flavor with lemon, orange, or lime rinds. And, but tell us about what you've been learning and that the audience can learn uh, some new ideas for themselves and for others around them, because this is a family thing. This Alzheimer's is affecting. And we had in our community recently, doctor, a 41-year-old fellow diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So it can happen to the younger, too. Absolutely. Let me try and address your question in stages. First of all, uh, for the benefit of your listeners, Sharon, I've put this all together in my new book, which was just published in December of 2009, called The Brain Training Revolution, 
a proven workout the for healthy brain, brain aging. Training Revolution, okay. And uh, the publisher Sourcebooks uh, uh, has done a terrific job in getting the word out, and it should be available wherever books are sold now. Okay. Let me go back to your question about stress, first of all. Uh, there's good and there's bad about stress, and I devote a whole chapter to that in my book. Um, we evolved our brains over uh, hundreds of millions of years from our ancestors to deal with acute stress, the 30-second the or one-minute stress of being attacked by a, a lion or tiger um, centuries and uh, millennia ago. What our brains have not evolved to handle are those chronic stresses that make up a part of all of our lives in a fast-moving society such as the one we live in. And there's a part of your brain called the hippocampus, which means seahorse in Greek. That part of your brain is where memories are formed, and stress, long-term stress, has been demonstrated now to actually shrink that part of your brain. People who have chronic uncontrolled stress or unmanaged stress have difficulty forming permanent memories. They have obviously a higher incidence of depression, and they seem to be at a greater risk for Alzheimer's disease. I've wondered about that myself, yeah. Yes, and we know that when people find healthy ways to deal with their stress, whether it's daily exercise, simply sitting with a refreshing glass of water with a piece of lemon or lime in it uh, under a tree and uh, with one's eyes closed and imagining beautiful sights or listening to relaxing music, anything that reduces chronic stress helps that hippocampus, that memory maker of your brain, grow back. And we all have our own individualities, and we should love that part of our excitement of living as an individual. They, they'll find different ways to relax and, and listen to the rhythm of the earth and your own getting to know who you are as a person. You know, don't you think, Doctor, that we ought to take time to get to know ourselves? It Absolutely. Is so, you know, it's not vain to no. be able or conceited or self-involved. If you get to la- learn the gift that you were handed, it's kind of like at the beginning of the show, if you heard me say, well, Earth is the one out of the, all the solar system that has been proven to have the water. Well, here comes this human life. That is a gift. Each person is like a little orbit involved in living here. They should get to know themselves and not be so critical about what they do like they don't like and just kind of listen like you said at the, at the bottom of the tree and with a glass of water. Let's hope it's not sugar and the water and plain water and uh, listen, maybe no music even. Listen to the rhythm of the earth and the birds and the bees and, and all that goes on around the trees and, the, and what's, look at the flower and look at the colors and make it, my gosh, I wonder how that cat flower even got to be that color. So anyway, when you were studying, did you tap into something that I could hardly wait to ask you today about the influence of the eyes with the brains by any chance? Well, absolutely. I mean, the, the eye is really an extension of the brain, yeah. uh, the direct connection of the optic nerves to the brain. And, and vision is one of our primary senses, and it's really the most used sense for most of us. And that's why we talk about uh, a, a picture's worth a thousand words, seeing is believing. The brain takes the images that it receives from the eye, processes them, and creates a a mental image of the outside world. Do you think it could also, too, doctor, possibly do that with sound? Absolutely. That's another one of our primary senses. Uh, Vision, sound, taste and smell, and touch are our primary senses. And And the effect of of the eyes, you know, um, 
I have been able to prove without a doubt, honest to gosh, worldwide, in our research and eyes, we did not study enough of the relationship of the eyes with the brain. I've had doctors on here that are in research, and they said, did you know, Sharon, that out of every 250 babies, there is a detection of a cataract, that they're not catching in time, and there's no real, there's not enough checking at birth from when that baby comes out of that water bag. And I've been concerned about that, doctor. I said to myself, if it's the last thing I do, potentially, we're going to check that baby for dehydration. We're going to check that baby for a lot of other things, and we're going to follow that baby into life and try to learn as much about the dehydration. We're going to have to listen to our moment of that sponsor and think about some things that you'd like to teach us when we come back. Uh, that we haven't learned yet, and I, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Thank you. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, to maintain the moisture level of your eyes like you brush your teeth, you put your skin protection on from the sun, you eat Nature's Tears Eye Mist. It's 100% natural to replenish your lost moisture to the eyes at the surface of the eye. We'll be right back with Dr. Bedheim. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Benheim, I wanted to ask you now when you say uh, who, who should use brain savers, what does that mean? Well, Brain Savers is the company that I started, America's uh-huh. Healthy Brain Aging Company. Uh-huh. And we've developed both complete programs. We have the Brain Savers Brain Plus Body Total Fitness Program, uh-huh. which we uh, provide to our clients, which are basically health plans and uh, corporate wellness and prevention companies, as well as we've developed a line of uh, all-natural uh, nutritional products. Okay. Uh, for brain health. And what is and what is the what is it called? The supplement. It's not a supplement. It's a food product. It's called uh, Brain Savers Food for Thinking. Food for and, Thinking. Okay. And those are nutritional bars specifically formulated for brain health, mm-hmm. and they're currently available on Amazon. I think for your listeners, that's probably the uh, mm-hmm. easiest way to access them, and they're beginning to appear in retailers. But I think the critical thing for your audience, Sharon, if I may, is the book that I've written. Okay, we'll go that way. Okay. Which is The Brain Training Revolution, mm-hmm. a proven workout for healthy brain aging. And in it, mm-hmm. I summarize 
the exciting science of the last 20 years that has overthrown this old dogma that you're born with a hardwired brain, there's nothing you can do about it. And we now know that, as I mentioned earlier, that the adult brain, even an 80-year-old brain, is plastic. Uh, an individual can change the shape at a microscopic level, even at a macroscopic level, at a gross level, uh, by living a brain-healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And in the book, I explain exactly what a brain-healthy lifestyle is. The How would you pinpoint that? Uh, let's say a person says, okay, I'm going to buy the book, but when I'm reading the book, what is the very first thing that they should learn to do first? Because if I have found that if people try to do it all at once, they won't get into very good habits. Great. I, I mean, that's just my, my evaluation. You're absolutely right. It, it's, uh, shock therapy doesn't work. People have no, to You cannot just say, the... oh, I'm going to do all of this and write my little list and do it every day. You've got to start out one thing at a time and understand why you're even choosing to do this. Yes. Yeah, so the first thing is attitude. Oh, uh, I like individ- that one. <laughs> each of us has to recognize. Hey, have they hired you in, the, in Washington, D.C. yet, doctor? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I appreciate the compliment, though. We um, uh, ought the, to make sure that you're one of the consultants back there. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, the, so the first thing is each of our own individual attitude. Oh, it is. Uh, attitude. Just, yeah, if you believe, and, you, and now you don't have to believe, you can know, based on this science, that you can change your brain. Well, you so, can deal with your obstacles. Yes, and so let, let's go through the program step by step. And since your focus is on nutrition and hydration, let's start with food as medicine, and okay. just like Hippocrates said. So the first thing is to recognize that there is such a thing as a brain-healthy diet, mm-hmm. and it consists of lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, plenty of water, nuts and seeds, healthy oils such as canola and olive oil and sunflower oil, uh, more fish meals, less fatty meat meals, uh, Now, legumes. when we say fatty meat meals, in other words, uh, when you're eating what uh, the choice, of the, I'll, I'll just call it my color, the things, the protein part of the dinner but or the meal, uh, you're going toward the more oil content of the nutrition rather than the animals or the different uh, whatever it is that have a lot of fat in their body. Well, let me clarify that. Fat is essential. Just like earlier we talked about the brain is made up of 70% water. Yes. The the brain, the solid matter of the brain, is about 70% fat. Uh Uh-huh. So fat head is a medically and scientifically (laughs) accurate term. So it's very important. You know, the nutrition industry in this country has at various times told us sugars are bad, fats are bad, this is bad, and that's bad. Now, what's your your thinking on sugar? Well, sugar is the basic fuel for your brain. But Uh there are healthy sugars and there are less healthy sugars. Uh And you're absolutely right. To add tablespoon after tablespoon of simple table sugar to a drink and then consume it or to drink endless colas is not a healthy way to get sugars. The healthy way to get sugars are what we call complex sugars, Uh such as are found in whole grains, in vegetables, and fruits. And your body then takes these whole sugars, these complex sugars, I should say, breaks them down into simple sugars over a period of time so you get a steady flow of what we know scientifically is glucose, Mm -hmm. which is the simple sugar that your brain absolutely requires for fuel. Mm -hmm. So so the number one thing... Now, you have have that in your book, too? It's 
everything is in my book, I hope. Okay. okay. <laughs> if, it's, if I'm missing anything, you and your listeners can let me know, and hopefully okay. in the second edition. <laughs> but that, I spent a lot of time on nutrition. Well, I am going to buy your book. Well, thank so you I much. want to learn what you've been learning because I'm totally a believer of, uh, I have to tell you, when I started studying almost 30 years ago about stress, and I had been president of the American Cancer Society, and I found myself uh, concerned about individual diagnosis of terminal disease. Why is it the per- one lived and one didn't? And the one who lived maybe had a worse diagnosis than the one who passed away. And I learned it was We'll just say attitude, but stress. Stress caused because of the attitude. So I'm a believer that life can be maintained and live long, healthy, and attractive, all based on your attitude. You're right, and and that's why I make that the number one piece of advice for individuals. Uh, believe, based on the new science, that if you have a positive attitude to a- aging, you can have not only healthy body aging, but healthy brain aging. And so the next simple steps I'd give people, let's say, go to the supermarket and buy a few fresh fruits and vegetables this week. And next week, do the same thing, but buy a few fresh fruits. And each week, over a period of eight to ten weeks, uh, select another category that I uh, describe in my book, the eight categories. So don't always buy the same thing each week, kind of alternate it. Well, alternate it and add it. Anything add to it. Yes. Okay. So after two or three months, if you're coming home with uh, a bag or two of various fresh fruits and vegetables and, and whole grain pastas or whole grain cereals and some nuts and se- seeds to snack on and one or two fish meals at least a week and uh, healthy oils to use on your salads, you're well on your way to a complete healthy brain nutritional plan. The next thing I would encourage people to do is start moving. And for those of your listeners who haven't been doing any exercise, simply start walking five minutes a day, three or four times a week. Okay. And do that for a couple weeks. And I can guarantee you'll start to feel better and slowly increase that so that by the end of six months, let's make it easy for people, by the end of six months, you're walking 30 minutes three or more times a week. And that's been shown to be the most powerful generator of new brain cells, even in an 80-year-old brain. Mm-hmm. simple, modest exercise, walking, that gets your heart and breathing rates up slightly. Okay, we've only got about two more minutes, so I'm going to get through this with you. Okay, okay. what's next? So, now, so we've covered the nutritional piece and we've covered the exercise piece. Now let's talk about your brain as a muscle. The world is your brain gym. Go out and find activities that stimulate you to think and remember, whether it's going to a museum, going to a classical music uh, performance, uh, whether it's reading a book. What do you book. think the Internet has been doing with everybody sitting there for hours at a time at night or during the day doing uh, Internet whatever, and they're trying memorizing, they're playing games, they're doing all kinds of things. What is your feeling about that? Uh, well, the, the Internet is like many other mind stimulators, everything in moderation. But moderation, thank you. Yeah, and there, it's a wonderful way to explore things that otherwise we weren't able to explore. You can take a trip to Italy through the Internet, and that's a mm-hmm. great uh, way to exercise your brain. And if you can get into social engaging activities, get one or two friends and plan a trip to Italy on the Internet. Talk mm-hmm. about it. Social engagement in what and about, of itself. You know, I'm going to ask you real quickly what you've been learning, and that would make a book. Doctor, what's happening with these games that people are getting addicted to? They don't want to sit around, do even watch TV. They're 
they're playing games on the Internet. All, even children come home and start playing a game. What is your thinking about all these addictions to games? Well, addictions of any type are generally not good. But 30 to 60 minutes a day doing mind-stimulating puzzles, games, doesn't have to be on the Internet. I mean, playing bridge is a game, and it's a, mm-hmm. it's a good mental stimulation. But there's no magic bullet, Sharon. Uh, and certainly uh, endless Sudoku, endless uh, crossword puzzles, or endless uh, games that kids play on the Internet are not the answer. But in moderation, they're not harmful and have been shown in some studies to actually increase the speed at which your brain can process uh, new information and and to increase uh, uh, hand-eye coordination. Now, we're out of time, and I would like to ask you on the air today, could we have another show with you so we could learn? This is probably one of the most fascinating uh, research evaluations that we could have given our listeners because we've talked about dehydration, uh, what happens with dehydration, and the brain, the eyes, and the body. body. Are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, we'd like to have you on again. So how would you like to close today? Well, I'd like to close to encourage all of your listeners to realize they can be their own healthy brain aging doctor. Mm-hmm. And to start with one thing, whether, whether it's slightly modifying their diet or to start a, a new mental exercise. And the name of your book real quickly. The name of the book is The Brain Training Revolution. There we go. Well, we're going to have to go, and I I really enjoyed this. I learned a lot. And I want to wish you well, and uh, have a nice day, and I'd sure like to have you on again. Well, I appreciate that, and I'd be glad to do it again. Okay, thank Thank you. you. Be well. Thank you. Bye. Did we learn a lot? Now, I have said it from the beginning of teaching you about dehydration of the body. The moment you arrived in this earth from your mother's womb, the water bag, you began a life-to-passing-away plan. It's called dehydration. The brain is 80% water. The eyes are 70 80% water. The blood is 70 80% water. The skin, your living, walking sponge Drink a lot of water, but also listen well to some of these real dedicated guests because are they dedicated to teaching us a lot? And today I must tell you, I've always said in my research, the brain's influence with the eyes has been way overlooked and the effects of what is going on outside of the body is very important to your futures. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the supplementation to the eyes. You brush your teeth every day to prevent cavities. You put on a sunscreen, I hope, to protect you from the sun. You eat proper foods, good diets, get good exercise. But now you have a supplement for the eyes. The eyes must maintain a moisture level at the surface. Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. 
Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. We have another special guest today, William Schillinger. I, I I'm going to apologize, Schillinger, uh, from Lind, Washington, PhD, professor. He's with the Department of Crop and Soil Sciences from, the Washington, from Washington State University. The topic today, and I am so excited about this, is multidisciplinary, long-term, dry land and irrigated cropping systems and what they're learning. Um, Bill, are you with us? Yes, I am, sure. And can I call you Bill, or you want me to call you... Uh, Bill, fine, great. Okay. Well, I want you to know, Bill, I have been learning more about dryland farming, and, and our audience has too. I don't know if you knew this. And I, it is the most exciting future for the planet Earth. Uh, you know, as, like I said earlier, out of the whole solar system, the planet Earth has the water, and we are in a water crisis, but that can be uh, the obstacles of that will eventually be figured out. But now we can learn more about dryland farming. And tell us about what you've been learning. Well, um I am a, a, a research agronomist uh, with Washington State University uh, based at the uh, WSU Dryland Research Station at Lind. Mm-hmm. Uh, our annual precipitation at the station is just uh, a little bit under 9.5 inches a year. Up which, in the state of Washington? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, big, <laughs> you big. You mean uh, you have a spot there that only gets 9 inches of rain? Well, we have some. We're, we're growing uh, crops in areas with only 6 inches of rain in Washington. Oh, my goodness. The Seven Hills region. Oh, now Lind is. I, I apologize to you. Is that in the east, uh, east, uh, eastern Washington? Yes, it's about uh, seventy-five miles uh, southwest of Spokane. Okay, my. And so, uh, tell us what you've been learning. Well, first of all, it's the largest contiguous cropping uh, dryland cropping zone in the entire western United States. Mm-hmm. This six to twelve inch uh, rainfall zone encompasses three point five million. Uh, cropland acres in uh, east central Washington and north central Oregon. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a big uh, chunk of land. It is. So how many acres? 3.5 million. Oh my goodness. We yeah. just had somebody on who had a, a farm in North Dakota at 3,500 acres, and this is three, over 3 million. Well, 3.5 million acres with, uh, you know, uh, several thousand farmers. Okay, of course. Average farm is probably about 4,000 to 5,000 acres. Okay. Now tell us what you're learning about the future of dry farming. Well, uh, a, a group, a number of us, have been working uh, together for, for many years on uh, cropping systems research out here, uh, mm-hmm. trying to uh, uh, find new methods of farming uh, that, that are both uh, sustainable, uh, more sustainable than what's currently being practiced, and uh, also more d- diverse. Uh, the farmers 
have uh, evolved into what's called a wheat summer follow rotation, where they're just growing one crop every other year. So they're rotating constantly. Well, they are, they're only growing one crop, and that's winter okay. wheat, and then they okay. have a year of follow. Okay. And uh, mostly that uh, they need to have some tillage during follow to conserve water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes this can lead to uh, pulveriz- pulverization of soils and burial, burial of residue, uh, which can cause some wind erosion concerns. Now, I'm going to ask you, because we've been learning in this classroom, um, do you ha- are there any aquifers below there at all? Oh, yes, the Odessa so you aquifer. You have some aquifers. Yes. Uh, and then uh, the rainfall is not as much. Uh, so you're, and you don't have any irrigation system that can pull water to the soil. Well, we do. There are irrigated farmers. Uh, okay. This is to the east of the Columbia Basin Project. And okay. the Columbia Basin uh, Project is, of course, irrigated from water diverted from the Columbia River. Okay, which would uh, keep the aquifers full, too. But, but in the, what's called the Odessa Aquifer, which covers a, a wide region, there are a number of uh, irrigated farmers who are pumping water from that aquifer, and uh, that, that aquifer is being depleted. Okay. So uh, that, that's a, a big concern, as you're no doubt aware. Now, what you might do with our listeners globally is dry land farming means you've been, you're learning, you're studying to learn where you don't need as much water to grow the uh, crops uh, the, uh, for the agriculture that would be normally in the path necessary. You're trying to learn to use less water. Well, dry, dry land, uh, by definition, means rain-fed, that no, no irrigation is used. Okay. And uh, we describe it in the uh, Pacific Northwest. We usually divide it up into, in the inland Pacific Northwest, three zones. Uh, mm-hmm. The 6 to 12 inch we call the low. The 12 to 18 is the intermediate and the 18 to 24 inch per year annual precipitation we call high. But this does not include, the, of course, the important Willamette Valley of Oregon, and, uh, mm-hmm. which gets 40 inches or more. Mm-hmm. So now, every I'm, zone has I'm talking its own. to you today from southern Oregon, from Grants Pass, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're here in the, snuggled in the mountains on the Rogue River. Um, so what, if the, what are you learning for the world to know? Because uh, all over the world they're having challenges because water is a crisis. Yes. Well, we're unique in, in uh, many ways. Uh, one, that we have a Mediterranean uh, climate. In other words, our, our uh, precipitation largely occurs between November and March. Mm-hmm. And so we rely a lot on stored moisture for mm-hmm. our crop, mm-hmm. uh, which is, of now, course... Now, explain to define stored moisture. Okay. Uh, that is the amount of precipitation that occurs uh, that is actually stored in the soil uh, during the winter months when the precipitation occurs that can be used during the spring and summer mm-hmm. uh, for uh, producing the actual grain yield. By changing. Uh, and then do you, what do you do for composting? Do you have a, a little, have you been studying that? Well, it's, a, it's somewhat difficult uh, for these farmers to do that because they farm such large acreages. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we are looking at uh, soil quality over time and, and cropping systems that increase uh, soil quality, uh, cropping intensification. Now, soil quality, to me, with my background, and I'm not that smart, but it is mean changing, uh, uh, in other words, you're constantly rotating that soil, which would help the temperature of the soil draw to the moisture level, uh, humidity in the air. Am I right or wrong? Well, um, <laughs> it's, uh, what we're actually trying to do in this low rainfall zone is conserve as much water as we can uh-huh. to effectively grow and economically grow a crop uh, and using as much available water as, as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And so uh, there are some uh, techniques that have been developed, and we are refining those for, to make them uh, more environmentally friendly. Now, when you said Mediterranean, I was coming along thinking in the back of my mind that you might have a, a year a, during a, certain times of the year, you'd have a little bit more of a, a, a comfort of, of, of temperature changes that wouldn't be extreme. Uh, n- well, by definition, Mediterranean means winter precipitation. Okay, that's so, what it means. Okay. You know, so that's what's found around the Mediterranean Sea and okay. certain eastern okay, uh, Australia and okay. the Pacific Northwest. Uh-huh. Now, where you're at, what are you, what are you growing uh, for your research? Well, the crop that uh, 99% of the growers are growing exclusively is winter wheat. Winter wheat. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's uh, wheat that they plant in the late summer, and it, it goes dormant in the winter and then uh, matures during the spring and summer. Mm-hmm. And in between a crop of winter wheat, they have a year of fallow where they don't grow anything. And the reason they have a year of fallow is to store some of the moisture that occurs uh, during that winter for use by the subsequent winter wheat crop. Now, when you said a year of fallow, uh, I didn't keep up with you. What does that mean? That means that there's nothing planted on the land that It's called year. a year of fallow. Mm-hmm. How did you spell fallow? F-A-L-L-O-W. There we go. Okay. Huh. And so uh, we, we're trying to see if uh, uh, farmers can get by without fallow. In other words, uh, grow uh, crops more frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the advantage of that is uh, if you're growing crops uh, more regularly, you have uh, less uh, barren or fallow land. Uh, and with a higher likelihood of increasing soil quality, mm-hmm. uh, reducing erosion, and, and that type of thing. Have you been called into other countries of the world to help them learn, too? Uh, to yes, I have, them? and it's been uh, quite interesting. Which I spent uh, 10 years you... of my career working in developing countries. And which countries can you tell us which some of them have been? Well, I've worked in uh, Nepal and, okay. uh, and uh, Cameroon, West Africa, uh-huh. Senegal, West Africa. Uh-huh. I just got back from a trip to uh, 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 Kazakhstan uh-huh. and was in Uzbekistan uh, just a couple of years before that on short-term consultancies. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, isn't it? Well, you know, you look at our planet Earth, and it seems like we're overusing that ex- description, planet Earth, but we're not. It's a planet. And the solar system, with its uniqueness, it was chosen with water. And what is, was here to learn is just beyond, you know, Bill, there's so much excitement to learn. Uh, I've even thought about why can't people learn to getting back to their own little gardens and little carts with a garden and in-house little gardens? Let's learn together about what, what the, the nutrition of the world, what it is. It's like the, the doctor I had on earlier uh, is uh, with brain savers. In other words, they've been studying the macular degeneration and the intellect of your life from birth on. And why can't we learn to have a very healthy brain? Well, it takes nutrition. It takes so much to learn. Can you imagine if everybody had a hobby of learning what, what's coming from the soil and what we're eating and what we shouldn't be eating and ourse- learning about ourselves and where it comes from? You probably have been hearing try to buy the foods when they're not too far from you. Yes. Have you been learning a lot about that? Well, um, again, uh, the, the growers are, uh, that in this vast region are mostly growing winter wheat, and the market for that winter wheat is uh, about 90% in Asia. So most mm-hmm. of it gets sent down the Columbia River to Portland and exported. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they're learning all over the world. 
about what we need to learn about being healthier. Is there something that you would like to tell us today that you're convinced that dry land farming is the future? Well, this is their livelihood. Uh, they've, uh, these farmers have been out here and their, their, their families for uh, 130 years now. Oh. And they are successful in farming and they are producing a very val- valuable product. Uh, but there are some environmental concerns uh, that they need to address. Wind erosion is the biggest one. And, uh, of course, their economies. Uh, you know, can they pass their farm on to their, to their, to their uh, descendants? So it's, uh, it's quite interesting. One, one thing that we're, we're into uh, in these last five years is trying to develop biofuel crops that, mm-hmm. that farmers can grow in dry land soils. And we, now, of course, what are, some, what are the, some of those crops? Well, uh, winter canola is one, but probably the most promising for the real dry regions is camelina. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's an ancient crop, uh, origins, origins in uh, actually northern Germany, uh, with a you know originated thousands of years ago. Well, it's being revisited um, because uh, it has potential to be a biofuel additive uh, that in, in oil. And of course, uh, in the state of Washington, we have a mandate to have a certain amount of biofuel in our biodiesel. So mm-hmm. big push here in uh, this state to uh, find some biofuel crops that might work. Mm-hmm. And Camelina has uh, several people excited. And how many places around the world have you learned that the, maybe they're trying to experiment with that future? Uh, it's actually uh, a, a big issue both nationally and internationally right now uh, with, uh, with, the, with foreign oil imports and that type of thing, and also uh, CO2 emissions mm-hmm. you know, from, from diesel. So uh, I, it's in getting increasing world attention, and we're and we're working on it right here in the state of Washington and in Oregon too as well. Mm-hmm. And then you're and you're with the University of Washington. I'm with Washington State University. Yes, or Washington State University. I'm sorry. Okay, and you, how long have they had that um, department in uh, doing what they're doing? Oh, in one form or another, since 1889. 1889. Yes. So they can't say our forefathers weren't thinking ahead. Well, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> well, I always tease, Bill. Our forefathers are absolutely the most brilliant people on the face of the globe with this country. This is be- they, they did so much. They always would pick up certain things to learn along the way. And anybody who wants to criticize our forefathers always drives me a little bit bananas because they really had so much intrigue to what we could be learning, knowing you can't do it overnight. Well, we owe it to Abraham Lincoln, who, in the midst of the Civil War, created the land grant, the, the land grant university system. Okay. So uh, to study agriculture uh-huh. in every state of the United States. So now, before we go, we've only got a moment left. What do you think about the state of California and their agriculture? What happened? Is your do you have a a thought there? Well, first of all, they're the, they're by far the most important agricultural state in the uh, United States for food production with all the vegetables and, and, and nuts and fruit, fruit. that oh, they yeah. produce. To the world? Well, in the United States. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, they are the most important and the biggest uh, producers. All of that essentially is through irrigation. Mm-hmm. They have essentially no dryland agriculture. I shouldn't say no. A couple hundred thousand acres of dryland agriculture. Mm-hmm. But that's all they have in the entire state. And so water is a huge concern for them. Mm-hmm. Not only for uh, their entire population, but for agriculture in general. Right. A lot of that and, is diverted from the uh, Colorado River. Yeah, and you know, I know I've had a heads of the Colorado watersheds in, Cal- in Arizona and Utah and California. 
I wanted to ask you, and uh, just for the moment, you know, um, I and I want the listeners to think this way uh, with me. The farmer is the most hero per family. They're heroes. And the truckers who carry the food and all that is necessary. It, we've got to stop and think about what the farmers are needing all over the world uh, in our country here in America. What do they need? They, there's generations of farmers, like you said, that need to be respected and admired for what they're doing. It is hard work. It is. And uh, I th- what they need most, I think, is stability and uh, sustainability. Uh-huh. And with stability, uh, they need to be able to have a market for their produce and to have the government be there to back them up mm-hmm. uh, in hard times, which our government has done uh, since the early 1930s, has backed up uh, farmers. It's unforeseen moments. And so encourage the farmers to have uh, generations of farmers in their families and not discourage it. Well, Correct. Bill, I want to thank you for joining us. And uh, one day I would like to have you again because there's so much going on and and for us all to learn uh, throughout the world about dry land farming and thinking about that soil and, and, and taking care of the, of the planet Earth with that uh, new, new, uh, new thinking. It's a new thought. Well, you're welcome, Sharon. Well, tell everyone we said hello, and you be well. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, what we learned today is made unbelievable. Your brain is your life with your eyes. And then I must say your skin is the skin of the earth for you. It's just no different than your soil. You must learn to take care of your skin and learn everything you can about the skin. Then you came along and you were learning very much about the soil. We've had shows about soil and dry farming and how important this planet is with its surface of its earth, the soil. But what is the biggest crisis? Is the water. And I'm a believer that evaluation in time may show that if water on Earth is having a crisis with fresh water, that that is why we're having such challenges with human life, with all of the diseases and all the challenges we must learn, stress on the skin. And stress, skin, if it's too tight and too dry, will have stress. If the eyes are too dry, not enough natural moisture, it will cause a stress on the brain. They're connected. And nutrition is vital to your everyday green, dark green vegetables, fresh fruit, uh, protein, uh, learning as much as you can what makes you click, the person you are, listening to the rhythm of this life around you personally. I cannot stress that more. You know that better than I. What is important to make you healthy and happy? And we learned today your attitude is so important to you. I want to thank you for listening. Earth does have a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. Earth, though, whispers. It has a whisper. Learn how to leave your footprint and never say goodbye because that means you do care about the magic of who you are and those around you. I want to thank you for listening, and we'll, I hope you'll join us next time. Have a nice day.
Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 